Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Let's be reasonable. Donald Trump incited an erection? Chuck, I think maybe that's just your first time feeling the red wave. It's high noon for Friday, January 22nd, 2021. Follow the podcast on the Telegram Messenger app at t.me slash I'm your moderator or join the discussion at t.me slash be reasonable discussion. So it is the second full day of Barack Obama's third term by proxy via the half-dead, demented, degenerate, fake president of nothing, Joe Biden. And the best they've done today is gone out to give the National Guard troops chocolate chip cookies. Thanks, Jill. Did you make those yourself? Or are you not a doctor of baking? Dr. Jill. Bring in the medicine. Hey, guys, I know we made you sleep in a freezing cold parking garage, but here's a cookie that we ordered someone to bake. USA, USA. Inspiring, inspiring action. From the new fake administration. It would have been interesting if the good doctor, Jill Biden, 
now turned cookie deliverer for soldiers they've tortured to ask those troops if they actually know what their mission is. And then maybe they could report that to Joe Biden and Joe Biden could report that to us. Because now we've had Washington, D.C. locked down with tens of thousands of troops for a week now, right? Over a week. Still no idea what they're doing there. They were there ostensibly to protect all the very important congressmen and congresswomen and various usurpers and coup co-conspirators from violent mobs of Trump supporters that simply do not exist, much like Joe Biden's electoral win. But maybe they have some really high-level intelligence about how the uprising is going to start any day now. All the passions are so high that we're going to let Joe Biden do some fake executive orders and tell us all about trans people. And then they're going to rush in. Or maybe, maybe the violent Trump supporters are just trying to wait them out. That's what they're going to do. Go in and catch them with their guard down. I mean, this whole thing is an absolute clown parade shit show. The idea that these insane communists for the last five years have tried to say that Donald Trump is dumb and immoral and ineffectual are, as usual, seeing what words actually mean outside of their own little bubble dictionary where they speak to each other in commie code, saying things like, equality means you have to favor some groups over, <laughs> over others. Or that person with a penis could be any one of 57 different genders, and they can change it whenever they want. Those sorts of things. Every now and then, reality comes back and says, hey, no, that's actually not how it is. So we have Joe Biden signing his executive orders left and right or executive actions or whatever they are. No one even knows if these things are fucking real. And I'm going to just say this right at the beginning. I'm confused as shit. And I'm sure a lot of other people are, too, because... There is still so much about this that makes absolutely no sense, that is not normal, that does not seem right at all. And I'm not going to go as far as some people, but you see enough pics online of the Oval Office that Joe Biden's in looking exactly like the one from the West Wing TV show and uh, Independence Day. And you see cars driving behind him on the lawn. And 
this shit is just weird, man. Like, I'm not saying it's not possible to completely change the wallpaper in a single day. Maybe it is. I'm sure they have entire crews of workers there that they can call on at any time. It is, after all, the federal government. It's the White House. They can do that sort of thing. But it's very strange. Trump and Obama had the same wallpaper and Joe Biden just got in there and was like, nope. Better have that completely changed on day one before I start signing crazy things. One of those crazy things is allowing transgender girls to compete against non-transgender girls, a.k.a. girls, in sports. And that's insane. Like, how do we go from pink pussy hats four years ago telling the entire country that Donald Trump was going to send women back to the dark ages and now two days into Joe Biden's sham administration, they already have an executive order making it impossible for girls to ever get athletic scholarships ever again or feel the pride and joy of Winning. Oh, I know. I know the only difference between boys and girls is societal. If we just tell girls that they are boys from birth, then surely their bodies will change. And then they can compete on the same level in physical activity. Oh, what's that, commie? Some girls are faster than some boys. Oh, yes. Yes, Kami, I know. Literally everybody knows that. Oh, they're stronger? Some girls are stronger than some boys? Yep, okay. Gotcha. Yes, that's true. Very few women are physically stronger and faster than their male counterparts. That's true. So I guess that For women to excel in sports now, we have to scour the country for all of those girls that can, in fact, beat their male counterparts. And maybe they can just be in the sports. Of course, they can only beat some male counterparts, not all of them, or else women would have done things like been the fastest or the strongest at some point in history. Except that doesn't happen. Is this mean? No, it's a fact. There actually is a reason why there aren't a bunch of women in the NFL or in the NBA. The best player in the WNBA cannot compete with anyone in the NBA. We know that the women's Olympic soccer team, when they were having that big kerfuffle about how much they get paid, which also was a lie. 
They got beat by like a select team of male 15 year olds. And I'm not saying this to talk shit on them. That's the thing. It's like there is nothing mean about this. I actually commend those women for their dedication and their skill and their talent and their hard work. Like that's totally fine. It's also totally fine to say men are naturally physically stronger and faster. It's evolution, baby. That's a Pearl Jam quote. Although I'm starting to get worried that Pearl Jam are communists. I'm not really saying that they are, and I'm not accusing them of that, but they might be. And this is like one of those situations, I imagine, for the country, and I think that people will start to catch on to this, that is similar to how the COVID response was for me. It was like, wait a second. It's one thing to talk about this stuff. It's one thing to say you got the data, but this doesn't match the real world at all. You know, and eventually this facade, this lie, this complete revision of real life, it becomes clear to people. You know, it's great to have this whole trans conversation in the abstract. And again, please, I want everybody to be able to do whatever they want and live however they want and represent themselves the way they want to be represented. And I want those people to be treated with respect. That doesn't mean that the rest of us are now forced to change our lives and to pretend that a bunch of things that aren't true now are just because they say that their feelings are at stake based on the actions of strangers. Sorry, pass. My feelings are at stake when I'm being called every name under the sun by a bunch of communists in Hollywood because I'm not dumb enough to believe shit like that. So it is what it is. No one's forced to like what I'm saying. No one's forced to respect what I'm saying. And I'm not going to be forced to pretend that you can snap your fingers, change your biological identity and then beat a bunch of girls at sports. That's not right. It's not cool. What do they want? Do they want everybody to just compete together? Like, why not just mix girls and boys sports in the first place? And then we can see how it goes. Are we to imagine that the trans girls at that point are going to win those races against the boys? Well, they might. But the girls still won't. It also tears down and destroys one of the few instances in a child's development where they get to feel a sense of belonging inside this unit of brothers or sisters. I mean, I used to love playing sports throughout high school. And I loved my teammates. I loved going on the road trips. I loved all that stuff. We don't need to mess with that experience on a massive scale to be able to help people on an individual scale. And for the federal government to just say, okay, well, yeah, we're going to, we're going to recognize 
these boys as girls now. And you guys don't have any choice. I mean, they're probably going to have lawsuits about this and it'll be annoying and it'll be one of those stupid cultural issues that we have to talk about for way too long. Thanks, Joe. Thanks, commies. Let's do this one again. As if every rational person in the country doesn't understand the answer to this. And yes, I am excluding these social justice commies from the land of the rational because what they're doing is not rational. It's stupid. It's nonsense. And they know it. They are doing it for social credit and power because we have become a society of victimization where victimization and claimed victimization is what gets you status and power. Now, I don't want to harp on this because Honestly, the caring I have about this issue boils down to the intentional destruction of norms and the complete bad faith dishonesty of the conversation. But most of their policy positions include those two problems because, of course, that is the project being thrust upon us. Destroy definitions of everything. Destroy any idea of objective truth or objective standards. Create truths and standards that are ostensibly objective and then apply them only when you want to. That's where we're going. That's tyranny. And that's exactly what is being thrust upon us. And it's exactly why so many of us have left that shambolic farce of a party. I said on an episode a few months ago, I will not only never vote for a Democrat ever again, I will do everything I can to oppose every single one of their policies. These people are deranged. And here's another great example. Joe Biden signed one of his, honestly, they do look like blank pages. I can't lie, man. I know that it's like, yeah, they're probably not though. I understand that. Okay. But there is so much that's not adding up right now. And Joe Biden just like muttering and babbling while he, signs these pages and tells us what it actually is. Give me a fucking break, man. One of his COVID executive orders, whose text you can read on the White House briefing room site, but there's still no record of the object of the executive orders and they're not numbered. So this is odd. But one of them is about a data-based response to the to COVID-19 and any future health issues. And within that data-based response, they include equity standards. Equity standards. So the data they're talking about isn't actually scientific data. It's data about whether or not their political priorities are working the way they want them to. 
and whether or not they can convince the public that giving out vaccines to the people who want it is racist. And so as long as the vaccines don't get to the people of minority ethnic groups and other minority communities, however they define them, then we have to, you know, keep businesses closed and destroy people's lives and make them dependent on the government and pass whatever policies we want, really, as long as we can say, hey, look at the scary thing over there. We're protecting you. I don't know how the commies still believe this. Like even the commiest of commies, like how can they not be waking up to the reality here? We have states right now, Michigan, Gretchen Whitmer saying that they're going to open indoor dining. I think Washington, D.C. is the same thing. Oh, really? You're going to open indoor dining now. Not months and months ago when it was safe. In fact, it was always safe. But now, now it's okay to open them because, you know, now we've turned the page. Now Amazon is going to help with distribution. Now Walmart is going to do vaccinations in their stores. Now, now, not before, now. Because now China is in the driver's seat. China's in control. The globalists are in control. Barack Obama just tugs on Joe's loose neck a little bit. Hey, Joe, grabs him by the scruff of the neck like he's a little, a little uh, decrepit puppy who's aging in reverse like Benjamin Button, but a, a tiny dog. Just pulls Joe by the scruff of his neck. Hey, Joe. We got China back in control. Bill Gates, Jeff Bezos. Let's go ahead and have Amazon distribute these. It's incredible because the corruption is just so transparent. It's like this is actually a project where they are convincing the entire country to hate them. And what's really interesting, and this is something that I have been fascinated with and thinking about for a long time. You probably heard me discuss it when I was talking about how once Trump got kicked off of Twitter, if he landed on Parler or another platform, everything would simply gravitate there because all the oxygen is sucked out of the room. So now we have the media not able to really talk about Trump. So they're trying to say that we have this huge problem with white extremist violence. And they're using, again, of course, January 6th to support that. But that's not real. And people can see it. There was no threat to the inauguration from Trump supporters whatsoever. But that night, who was out in the streets causing violence? Well, that was Antifa. And these people exist on anger. That's how they drive clicks. How in the world... Are they going to put that one back together? You going to do the hate Joe thing until we can get Kamala in there? It seems like they're already starting to wrestle with the idea that Joe is well past his expiration date. And that he is a criminal and that his son and brother are criminals. I think we can expect more of that. 
How long until they try to install Kamala as the head of the entity that may no longer exist? So one of the executive actions or executive orders or whatever it was Joe was pretending to sign the other day sets a national mask mandate for when you're on federal property. So I guess that includes federal courts, post offices, national parks, the Lincoln Memorial, unless you're Joe Biden. And then you don't have to wear a mask there because masks are mandated for us. Not for Joe. When Joe wears a mask, it's for photo ops. It's not for health reasons. And of course, everybody knows that because masks don't do anything for health reasons. Or else the science and the data would show us that. And now Joe has come out and said, there is nothing we can do to change the trajectory of the pandemic in the next several months. Really? Well, that's interesting because I seem to remember Joe Biden saying a million times that if we just wore masks, we would save hundreds of thousands of lives. And I also remember him saying just yesterday that it was an amazing accomplishment for him to be able to distribute 100 million doses of the vaccine. Oh, yes, Joe. Wow, what a job you did in one day. Just snapped your fingers, 100 million doses of vaccine. Shoot it in everybody. Ping, 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 ping. Maybe you should get an AR-14, Joe. That's what it's called, right? Just shoot vaccines at everybody. You could repurpose our guns, Joe. Have some of them shoot flowers, and the rest of them can shoot hypodermic needles. So now the virus has been in the country for no less than 15 months. As of right now, there is absolutely nothing we can do to change the trajectory. And if that's true, then thank you. Let's open. Now you're back on what people normally say about viruses. Wash your hands. Try to stay away from people. Cover your mouth if you're sick. Simple, right? Hey, Joe, you know what actually could change the trajectory of the disease? Why don't you call all your little crew, Andrew Cuomo, Gavin Newsom, Gretchen Whitmer, Phil Murphy, Tom Wolfe, those paragons of virtue and governing excellence. Why don't you call all them up and have them put sick people back into nursing homes again? That'll change the trajectory of the disease. I mean, that worked so well the first time. Maybe that's the solution again. Close down the hospitals, lock everyone inside their houses. Won't that change the Trajectory of the disease, that is what we're told. That's what we were told for a year. But now nothing can change it. 
Well, that's awfully convenient, especially while you just change the cycle threshold so that we get way less cases. Would that change it or no? Or is the truth, Joe, that you have no fucking clue about any of this and you're just saying and doing whatever goes into your earpiece? Salute the troops. Fuck, man. This is like a parallel universe right now. And I'm not even just talking about like the two paths or, uh, you know, normal people and communists seeing totally different realities. I'm talking about this doesn't even make sense in a physical realm. It's that stupid and that hypocritical and that immoral. Something less than 81 million people, and probably way less, something less than 75 million people, and probably way less, something probably less than 60 million people, actually went out and voted for a man who is incapable of rational thought and who happens to be a criminal and degenerate with, at best, doubtworthy sexual interests that he may or may not have passed on to his children. And by may or may not, I mean definitely did. These people voted for one of the single worst presidential candidates of all time, if not the single worst. I mean, I am not aware of a presidential candidate, maybe besides Hillary Clinton, who was sworn in while being fully compromised by foreign adversaries. Although, honestly, who knows? Biden, Clinton, Romney, Obama, McCain, John Kerry for sure. I don't know enough about Joe Lieberman, his running mate, to even hazard a guess. But certainly George W. Bush and Dick Cheney. Don't know enough about how Al Gore was back then or good old Bubba. But H.W. Bush, for certain, had some foreign adversary problems. But no one beats Joe Biden. This is on a whole new level. And so the weirdness continues. Yesterday in the evening, Nancy Pelosi basically canceled Congress next week and sent them all home. That was unscheduled. Just like, hey, we're not going to work next week. Why? Well, who knows? I guess we have Joe Biden here signing very real executive orders. And, you know, what are we going to do? <laughs> all we have is the majority in the House and the Senate, and we have our rapidly decaying president. Shouldn't they be hard at work right now? Accomplishing all those very important goals that they were saying Trump was constantly stymieing? Shouldn't this be the most active point for Congress? They just got in with the most, apparently, popular presidential candidate ever. Don't they have a massive mandate? And with that massive mandate, why are they just signing comical executive orders and then taking the week off? Isn't there, aren't, aren't there 81 million Americans who want them to go get to work? 
Or was it really all just about getting Trump out of there? And of course, it was really all about getting Trump out of there because Trump being out of there allows China to do what it wants. It allows the deep state to do what it wants. It allows global elites in Davos to do what they want. It allows the Vatican to do what they want. And everybody just collects money on the back of the hard work and innovation of the citizens of America and other countries that like freedom. So instead of policies that actually help America or address any of the agenda items that the communists pretend to have, instead of that, we get to rejoin the Paris, Paris Climate Accord, which does absolutely nothing except put the United States in a backseat position to China and India, allowing them to continue polluting as if we have our own special dome over the U.S. And so no one else's pollution affects us. Oh, but they're developing countries. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. And we'll get rid of the Keystone Pipeline. Why? Who knows? We're going to pretend it's about Native Americans again? Of course not. It's just another thing that puts us at a competitive disadvantage and doesn't accomplish any of the goals that they say they have when they do these things. This entire thing is an absolute mess. And they have their new press secretary up there, Jen Psaki, and she seems absolutely unprepared for the job. I mean, they're not even, she's not even getting hard questions and she can't answer them. And of course, that's a product of her being in the environment of the CNN newsroom, or I should say television set, basically. I mean, they don't really have a newsroom. And her experience throughout the Biden campaign, where they were never forced to answer even challenging questions, much less hard ones. But she can't answer whether or not Biden has comments on the violence in Washington and Oregon done by Antifa. And of course they don't have comment. They could have taken a stand on that last summer, but they didn't. Why? Because it's their team and because they were helping the cause. In fact, they encouraged the violence. And people don't believe me when I say that, but you can go back and look at their quotes. Nancy Pelosi, Kamala Harris, all sorts of media talking heads. All of them encouraged the uprising. I don't know why we're not seeing uprisings all around the country, Nancy Pelosi said. Joe Biden didn't lift a finger to stop any of that. He didn't say that this is disgraceful. This violence has no place in civilized society and must stop now. He never said any of that. It's strange that this White House that's so concerned about peace and unity and healing the divides in America has no comment on political violence. Doesn't that strike even the commies as odd? It's actually surreal that so many of these commies could make all these arguments about how this stuff was justified last summer. 
and they pretended it was all Donald Trump's fault. And then it keeps happening. And they don't have anything to say about it. What are they going to do when this stuff is no longer Trump's fault? And it's the responsibility only of the culture that they created intentionally and continue to create through their censorship and oppression and the ridiculous divisive issues like allowing boys who have been told that they now identify as girls compete with actual girls in sports. All of this is preposterous. Now, apparently the House is debating a $3 trillion spending package. This is on top of the, what, over $3 trillion they just put into COVID relief and keeping the government open and the defense authorization. Another $3 trillion, almost $200 billion of which will go to China, Russia, Iran, and Syria, as we're now putting troops into Syria. All of this is insane. But the money actually makes sense if the construct that we've been talking about, this idea of a, an American government controlled by foreign business, controlled by the Fed, it actually does make sense there because their project is making the entire world one thing the way they want it. Because, of course, they're smarter than everyone else and better morally. And it's okay if they do terrible moral things because all of that is done in in service of the perfect world they're trying to create. But for some counterpoint on that, I read an interesting thing by a guy named Joaquin Flores today on Telegram, and I think I'm saying his name right. It starts with an X, and I think that that's still pronounced Joaquin, but I hope I'm not messing it up. And so he wrote, the following will begin to give something of a picture of where my head is at and include some of my background knowledge of the model and practice of events like these. We have talked numerous times about letting the dust settle. This dust is very fine and continues to swirl in the air. So everything I'm saying should be understood in that context. There may be a few facts I have wrong, though I have labored with diligence to make sure this is right. This guy really honestly overwrites everything, which is one of the most annoying things for me as a reader to have to deal with. But whatever. First, I want to give some advice. Unplug yourself from the vast majority of Anon pages, channels, Twitter accounts, and so forth. And Anon is by definition anonymous. They're not accountable for what they say, and there seems to be a pattern in their posts. They are images or statements that can be taken any number of ways vaguely, which can get the willing believer to really lose it and read into something far further than what is really being presented. Many images, memes are done out of context. Information that was true for a snapshot in time, but later resolved, is presented as that snapshot in time and not how it was later resolved. That image circulates and through repetition feels true. Other things are just fake or false, but they spread as if they have some element of truth. I implore people that this really works against a genuine understanding. And I think that that's a reasonable point. Next, we have a population 
seeing that everything has been stolen, their election, their republic, their livelihood, and they become willing and prone to believe the least founded of conspiracy theories. Here I speak of the idea that the U.S. is a corporation. Maybe, maybe not. Let's explore. It is not, he says. In fact, you can point to something you do know to know that it isn't. Sovereign immunity. The fact that the U.S. cannot be sued except in areas that it has, that it has allowed to be sued is evidence that it is not a corporation. A corporation can always be sued. Now, I'm pretty sure that you can actually sue the federal government. I don't know exactly what he's saying here. And maybe that's my own ignorance. But I don't believe that this little example he's created actually does the work he thinks it's doing. And I think he may be Missing the point here slightly. It's not that it's a corporation like Walmart. It's that it's an incorporated entity that stands alone from the United States of America as a whole. And uh, I'm not sure that he's exactly right on that. Writing the U.S. in all caps does not change its legal meaning. Fine. This is a completely baseless conception that has spread among many movements in the U.S., usually the sovereign citizen movement and similar common law movements, which are related to common misconceptions about how law works. A post from yesterday discussed this in more detail. Writing the name of a legal entity or party in a legal document in all caps is a matter of typesetting norms that were universalized. It's common in legal documents for conspicuous norms certain proper nouns, which are of particular focus in this document, to be capitalized. They can be bolded, italicized, underlined, but an older method due to universal typesetting standards was to capitalize them. It does not make a different legal entity. But thinking that for the Biden coup to be reversed requires that the U.S. is a corporation, which Trump dissolved, is neither sufficient nor necessary in any possible maneuver in which Trump could return. It also sets everyone down a senseless rabbit hole. We actually encounter an additional burden. Not only must we hypothesize that Trump might be able to return or that the swearing in wasn't legitimate, two points which, by the way, are themselves distinct from each other, but also that the U.S. is a corporation founded in 1871, etc. It is not necessary for that to be the case in order for Trump to return or that he never really left. There are other less magical and fantasy paths in the history of coup reversals. The history of that is within my expertise. Coups can be reversed even after the pretender or would-be new president or prime minister is sworn in. Yes, it does rely on support of the military or one branch of the military, which is more active, more willing, holding more cards or win some game of chicken. That's the reality. It is not sufficient that the U.S. was a corporation founded in 1871 either. There is no evidence of its dissolution, only that Biden was sworn in into the same corporation. That is all it would necessarily mean. And so it's not sufficient to hold on to that as rationale. Now, he might be right about that, but what he just said hinges on there being no evidence of its dissolution. Now, it's possible that there is evidence of his dissolution of its dissolution that we just don't have yet or that maybe is out there and that he hasn't seen and that I haven't seen. There are suggestions that that Trump did take the United States, that entity that we call the United States, into a bankruptcy and did dissolve it. People, serious people are saying that this isn't just 
some thing that spawned out of Anon circles on the Internet. Continuing. By being neither necessary nor sufficient, we enter another dilemma. There is no evidence of it. People want to believe this, so they do. They look at a fake document made by someone whose motivations are beyond us, but who remain anonymous, and there is that. There is reference to an actual act of incorporation of the territories surrounding D.C., which relates to how any city, county, or municipal government is incorporated, and we have that. Then there is tremendous fan fiction and reading into things, which there is absolutely no foundation for. That is all. The U.S. is not a corporation, but coups can be reversed. It is fundamental to separate those two things in your mind. It is actually an extra weight to attach to the idea that a coup can be reversed to make it contingent upon the U.S. as a corporation created in 1871. It works against the elegance of Occam's razor. I think he might be right there. All that said, here are the things that continue to bother me in the sense of there being some resolution to this and moving on to sort the sort of new resistance we will have to build against the Biden tyranny. It's an oddly constructed sentence, but I think I know what he's saying. The first he lists, I'm going to list these, Biden flown in on a private jet. Correct. He did not have the normal government transportation that an incoming president would have. They can try to cover this up by saying that it's because of threats of violence, like they did with his train trip from Delaware. But there's absolutely no indication that that explanation is true at all. We've been given, again, no update as to why the military is there. We know that the premise for their presence was the very violent insurrection on January 6th. But that explanation for everything is losing steam quickly. No matter how many times they say that domestic extremist terrorism and domestic extremist violence is one of the nation's problems, it isn't. And none of that is connected to January 6th where the only domestic extremists were the ones they put there, like John Sullivan and his buddies. There's actual video of Trump supporters begging the Capitol Police to stop those people from entering the building, and you can watch them either helping the people enter or simply doing nothing. Back to Flores' list of oddities here. The super strange tweet verified from the German foreign ministry showing the Oval Office as a studio set stage, showing probably Castle Rock Productions mock-up. Any messages from others like Giuliani that may have referenced that? And I think he's referring to a Giuliani tweet where he said that the American public was not at all involved in the inaugural and it was a purely staged event for media elites. Now, there is some evidence and chatter about that, and it's, it's confusing and it's hard to come down on it one way, but it is really odd and as yet unexplainable. Back to his list. Biden's problems with the Pentagon and access. We've talked about those. The strange nature of the inauguration. Perhaps nothing in itself. 
And that's right. The inauguration was very strange. Uh, Almost no one watched it. The people that did likely watched it to see Lady Gaga perform in her Hunger Games outfit. But the inauguration was strange. Very, very strange in many ways. Back to his list. All of the materials in the hands of the military regarding the Biden's problematic relationships with China. Now, that's a huge one. Because the military actually does have the responsibility to not allow someone like Joe Biden to take office. He is a national security threat. He is a walking national security threat, as are every other person he surrounds himself with and who is now connected to him in some formal arrangement due to his being sworn into an entity that may no longer exist. What all of Trump's very last executive orders meant and how these could have been used. Another good point. Trump signed executive orders to take effect after leaving office. That is very odd. These are not fictional things. These are not memes. These are real things. Fake news about troops leaving D.C., similar to leaving war zones under Obama. Some rotate out. Others rotate in. The real reason in nature for those troops there. I guess he's alluding to the fact that these are unknown, as I've mentioned. Congress going on a non-scheduled recess. Yes. Pelosi continuing to use a temporary speaker after she opens the sessions. Very weird. The impeachment against Trump. Again, very weird. And then he concludes, these are things which I am following and am open to following new things should they emerge. So, you know, I think all of that is pretty valid. I'm not sure he's right about the Constitution thing. And I've said it every time I've brought it up. I'm not sure that is correct. But it is interesting. And he says this with a little too much confidence for my taste. Um, I think that there are enough serious people talking about that issue that Joaquin Flores might not be fully embracing counterpoints to his argument. And he glosses over a couple of things, which I think give less authority to what he's saying about the the U.S. as a corporation part of it. But the rest of it is interesting. These really are extreme oddities. These things are not normal. And part of that can be attributed to Trump if you just want to brush it aside and say, yeah, well, that was Trump that made it weird. Well, no, Trump made some things weird. Maybe you can use that excuse for some of them, but not all of them. If Trump's no longer in control of the Pentagon and Biden is the commander in chief, then he shouldn't be having these problems with the Pentagon, but he is. That is a big deal. I wonder when we will see Biden fly on Air Force One. I wonder if he is able to come out of the White House's basement or perhaps movie set and actually look like he's really president. I'm not holding my breath on that one. But the part about the coup is interesting. And I think that it is totally reasonable to call this a temporarily successful execution of a coup. The election was quite obviously stolen. The courts were overridden. 
They didn't see the cases. Local, state, and federal governments all failed to object to an election they know for a fact is fraudulent. And that stuff can still come out. See, to believe that that election was actually legitimate, you would have to believe that military intelligence doesn't know otherwise. And that would be a crazy, crazy belief. Like they just turned Space Force off for a couple of months. Like they just ignore the Biden-China stuff, the Biden-Ukraine stuff, the the Biden-Russia stuff, the Obama-Biden-Michael Flynn stuff, the Russian collusion hoax, the corruption of the FBI and the CIA. It's one thing for the media to ignore that. It's one thing for corrupt politicians to ignore that. It's an entirely different thing for military intelligence to see and know all of that and then pretend that it doesn't exist and that the media and corrupt politicians get to override the Constitution, our national security, and the will of our voters. So that is what I'm going to continue watching. And no matter whether it's the corporation thing, and I know that Joaquin Flores believes it's not and it can't be, that's fine, or the coup thing, but either way, this situation must be righted. Because what's happened now is not legitimate in any way. Joe Biden is not a legitimate president. He did not defeat Donald Trump in the American election. He has no business trying to control the military or signing executive orders or even representing the government of the United States. So I will be back on Monday at the same reasonable time on the same reasonable podcast network. I don't have a network. Masks and lockdowns don't work. And Joe Biden will never be president. Goodbye. Whether you're a total newbie to podcasting, or even if you've had a show before like me, you know how intimidating it can be to start your show. The tech side especially can be daunting. That's why I'm so grateful Anchor exists. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. They knock down all the barriers to entry. Let me explain. First off, it's free. I don't know how or why, but I'm happy about it. The platform's great. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. I can't even begin to describe how much easier it was to get my show on all the major platforms this time than it was a few years ago. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's right. You build your show, you make money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place, and the company is committed to the success of its content creators. Go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Thanks for listening. Please follow the podcast on Instagram and Parler at I'm Your Moderator. Soon I'll be up on Rumble with a video aspect. In the meantime, if you'd like to support the show, I have a Substack, I'm Your Moderator.substack.com, where you can donate. Or you can donate at anchor.fm by searching Be Reasonable with your moderator, Chris Paul. I hope to see you soon 
back out on the ring. Backing as moderator for tonight's broadcast. The merch site is cancelcouture.com or go direct shop.spreadshirt.com slash cancel dash couture. If you'd like to support the podcast financially, the best place to do that is Kofa. Go to ko-fi.com slash I'm your moderator. And all of these details will appear in the show notes with each episode. I'll see you soon down on the range. It's hell!